Welcome to the Real Estate Secrets Podcast for healthcare professionals, hosted by Austin Hare and Nathan Palmer, who together have over two decades of real estate knowledge and investing. This show is about sharing lessons in commercial real estate that were learned from trial and error and working directly with CEOs of billion-dollar healthcare organizations. Our mission is to teach the insider strategies to everyday healthcare operators in order to get access to the best real estate at the best prices. Okay, welcome back. Today we are talking about a subject that um, we have a little bit of experience in, I would say. <laughs> Just what makes a good broker. And so we're going to go through, we're going to talk about um, you know, the objective responsibility, uh, being creative, uh, fiduciary responsibility, um, market, client experience, you know, familiarity with the local markets, um, having a long-term relationship focus, and also just experience and negotiation experience and, and stuff like that. So um, what should people be looking for when it comes to um, the, in, in terms of being objective in looking for a broker for a commercial real estate agent, Nate? Yeah, I think, I th- I think there's a lot of uh, elements of this. So, um, you know, maybe on its most basic front is that, you know, there's no kind of set maybe bias to whatever the assignment may be, right? So whether we're asked to represent a tenant or a landlord, um, obviously, you know, experience gives you bias uh, inherently or, or maybe unintentionally, but, but you want to make sure that you're, you're going into it with open arms or open eyes and, and, and really just, um, you know, kind of a, a piece of that is a lot of the um, kind of the creativity or thinking that you need to have as it relates to the assignment that you're looking for, right? Because it's not overly common that um, ideal is available everywhere you want it to be, right? So, you know, you need to be able to kind of think creatively, be um, uh, perseverant, be patient, and and ultimately, you know, I think another another component of that is just being, you know, really... Uh, transparent, you know, kind of with with uh, everything as you go about it through the process. Right. Yeah. Because I think a lot of brokers, not all, but a lot, uh, you give them an assignment. You know, you say, "Hey, go look for a certain amount of square footage here," and then they will simply just go on LoopNet or CoStar, do a quick search, and then just give you back a yes or no answer. Like, "Oh, yep, um, they got." two or three things, or if they don't see anything, it's just, hey, sorry, there's nothing that fits your criteria, mm-hmm. right? And so when you say being creative, it's like, okay, how can we make this work? Yeah, well, I think I think it's too, it's okay. Um, you know, another piece of creative is, okay, you told me you wanted 3,000 square feet of retail-oriented space, uh, end cap or freestanding, uh, and then, you know, we may say, okay, Let's look for anything two to forty five hundred square feet, um, retail maybe land. You know, just kind of being able to kind of open those parameters a little bit, um, so that you can capture enough information. Where if you do find something that is middle of the fairway, exactly what we're looking for, that's great. But if if there's nothing perfect that's available, then at least hey, you know, here's two or three or four options that aren't perfect but have different attributes that we like and, and then help just navigate kind of what those pros and cons are. Okay. 
And so the second point is just talking about fiduciary responsibilities because brokers do have a fiduciary responsibility to the client and whether it's the tenant or the landlord, you know, to make sure that they're giving, representing kind of both fairly, right? But a lot of times, you know, you don't see that happening. So what can you look out for? Like what should you be on the lookout for? Yeah, I think I think um, I think you have a balance here between kind of your uh, sophisticated and non-sophisticated operators, and, um, and and sophisticated doesn't mean good or bad. It just means people who do a lot of commercial real estate activity, leasing and sales, and and people who do not. Right. So a common thought with people who do not do a lot of it is, oh, a broker makes things more expensive. Right, so maybe I try to do something on my own and I end up contacting the landlord directly. I'm dealing with his broker, and so I am kind of dealing with the broker, but his responsibility and his fiduciary role is to the landlord, not to me as the potential tenant. Right, so you know, at the end of the day, while he still serves his client to find a way to get a deal done, when when the tenant is pushing for its best terms or agenda he's inherently not going to be that concerned about that, just trying to get the best deal he can for his client. You know, another another element of uh, fiduciary that I think is interesting is, um, you know, really trying to understand any bias that, that any broker may have to a local market. So most, it's not really the way we practice, but most brokers um, only work in one geographical territory, right? So even though you may hire an agent to help you locate your new coffee shop or doctor's office, whatever it may be. Um, if you are a infrequent event for that broker, even as he's dealing with shopping centers and some of these landlords that he deals with on a regular basis, he may be not as objective representing you because he ultimately wants to keep a good rapport with a big shopping center or REIT who owns a lot of shopping centers who he may do a lot of projects with, right? So so I think just understanding those items are, are really helpful. Um, right, yeah. So a lot of times people, when they're looking for a new site, will simply um, find this site, look at the listing agent, and then use them as their broker. But they, are, they have more ties to the landlords. And they have more ties to the people whose buildings they're representing. And so you might not even realize it as a tenant, you know, that you are that your broker may not have your best interest at heart because they're trying to when it when push comes to shove, and they're going to be negotiating terms, um, they're going to err on the side of the landlord. And so the point is like find a, a broker that really has your that's really representing you, right? Your broker that's going to be with you as you go to different locations and you expand your business or whatever. More so than just finding them from the listing agent of that building, right? It's like going that extra mile are taking that little bit of extra time just to make sure that you've got your own, you're covering yourself, right? You're covering your own butt. <laughs> um, and then with, you know, how important is it to have market familiarity? Uh, super important, right? Um, so you definitely want, um, want an agent who, you know, understands, you know, I think when I think about market familiarity or, or kind of trader familiarity, I, I think about two things. I think about an agent or a broker who understands my needs as a tenant, right? And an agent or a broker who understands just some of the makeup and the changes um, and just the evolution of the different trade areas in any submarket, right? So it's very common, you'll see brokers representing uh, sites that would say, hey, look at our 
three or five mile demographics, so many people, this income level, and it's like, cool, that's great, but, you know, does does that trader really benefit from that whole radius? You know, I, I've told a story before where we went and did a, an evaluation on a site post-opening, and prior to getting there, um, you know, they'd sent us all the information, hey, the three and five mile demographics are this, and yada, 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 and we've got this store next to us, and this store nearby, and when we got there, you know, we were just a quarter of a mile basically on the wrong side of the highway, you know? So even though the three and five mile demographics look <laughs> good, you know, the population that we really wanted was on the other side of the highway and they just frankly weren't willing to come over to this side. And the population on this side of the highway was not who, you know, our business, their, our client's business really catered to. So. So I think, you know, I think having some market familiarity and, and I, you know, we, you know, an important part of our process for most of our clients is, is doing the site visits and, and coming in, into the market and, and really evaluating things uh, from a number of levels. So like from a consumer level, what does traffic and these patterns look like? Because I'm coming into town not having a ton of familiarity with that, right? So I don't have any bias and it's very easy for me to say okay well I was driving this way and it was even though it was easy to see that guy it was really difficult to access it right so those are important characteristics to know but also you know I think I think an important part of you know our process really drills down to okay we're not going to Dallas and I don't need to be an expert in all of DFW and the million commercial parcels that exist there you know we do a really good job of saying okay based on competition different demographic elements different synergistic and other anchor users, these are the only seven, 10 areas in Dallas we're even interested in, right? So I don't, you know, we don't need to know all of Dallas. I just need to know seven or eight trade areas as good as anybody, right? So we go there, we spend some time and, and we're able to see, you know, as, you know, all the time. We talked about this before when we talked about trade areas, you know, you see something that's good on paper, but then you drive there and you start to see a lot of vacancy. You can see it's trending the wrong way. So even though today it looks good on paper in person, it's trending the wrong way. Inversely, you might go to an area that's like, ah, on paper it was so-so, but it's trending the opposite way, right? So we want to be very cognizant of the fact that, you know, you have to, you have to be familiar with, with the market and, and really kind of evaluate that. Uh, for yeah, um, because people, I think, you know, clients looking to work with brokers will think that they have to have a local guy. They have to have local boots in the ground because they're going to know that area really well, you know, and they're going to be the expert in all these things, which can be true. Absolutely. But I mean, you were telling me earlier, sometimes the local brokers won't even physically go drive the areas, you know, like they're just, they're doing a search on CoStar, which anybody can do from anywhere. Right. And so, um, to really, you have, you physically have to go out there. You have to be not lazy, right? You have to go drive those locations, but even being said, it doesn't take um, a lifetime to get an understanding of what a building is like. But with the way you travel, that we travel to go look at these sites, I mean, once you've identified those core areas, like those three, five mile different trade areas, you can go out there, fly out there and really get a feel, combine that with the analytical research that we're doing, and then go physically drive it. I mean, you can really get a good feel for that local market and what it is exactly that you're looking for. Um, and so that's what we mean when we say, you know, look for someone who has market familiarity or the ability to quickly get market familiarity. And also, I think another important part is client familiarity, you know, because sometimes people will say, brokers will say, oh, yeah, like I can represent you. Um, you know, I've done like 
this, this, or this, or, or uh, that might be in a different industry. Or I think the most famous one and the most popular one is like, oh yeah, I got a cousin. He's a, a commercial real estate agent. And so, um, you know, I'm just going to use him and help him, you know, his career, get the commission because I, I know him and I, I like him, et cetera. But obviously that can backfire a little bit. Yeah, it's great. It's a great point. So it's, it's like, you know, if you are going to, if you are in the medical space, right, and you are, uh, you're in urgent care and you want to go find a new location, um, you're not, you don't want to use a broker who has been doing uh, warehouses, right? Technically, they're, they're still a commercial real estate agent. You know, Phil fits the category they're, or they're a commercial real estate broker or whatever you're going to call it, but they don't have any experience in, in this industry. And so that's why it's important to have someone who's, you know, who has legitimate experience in the industry that you're in. Like, so for, you know, here at Leaders, I mean, it's been 12 years now that you've been working with medical and retail. I mean, we have a lot of emphasis on, on retail. And so I, I just think it's kind of silly. Sometimes you can literally put your business at jeopardy because you want to make sure that your cousin or your family member or this person that can't, you know, that a, a friend of a friend uses gets their commission. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great point, and it's always a tricky balance between kind of trust with all of that, right? Because in, in, invariably, your buddy, your cousin, your uncle, who's an agent, you trust, and certainly they would not do anything intentionally to harm you, but it, unintentionally, you know, the consequence of someone who doesn't really know what they're doing can be can be significant, right? Not that not that it won't be a better outcome than you do it on your own, but certainly, you know, we're not going for better; we're going for best. Yeah, so vet your brokers. <laughs> um, that's the that's the main takeaway. All right, and then you know, in terms of being long term relationship focused, I, you know, sometimes we see uh, people that are out there just for the quickest, highest commission, right? So, um, how can you tell? What what can you look for to make sure that someone, the broker, is long term relationship focused? Yeah, I mean, so I, th- I think this is a really good this is a really good topic you brought up because. Um, we have, you know, kind of have the uh, the notion of the relation to like the greasy haired car salesman, right? We're just in it for the commission. We're in and out, and we're gone, and you're stuck with whatever we got you to do. Um, and so, you know, obviously, you know, we work we work in an industry where we're oppositely incentivized, right? So the more you pay to buy a building, the more commission I make, right? Unfortunately, that's just the way it is, right? So, so you know, but when you're evaluating brokers or who you want to use, you want to make sure that that they're long-term focused. And I think what we mean by that is, you know, they're not trying to squeeze every penny out of every deal, right? They want you to have the best deal because their my focus is, hey, I want to do your next ten projects. I don't just want to push you to the limit on one and get paid one deal. Um, and, and then we don't, and then it doesn't work out, right? Um, and, and then, you know, I would say, you know, good, another good sign of that is, is their willingness to maybe walk away, right? It kind of is the opposite of the balance on the creativity side, right? If we have a site we really like and we're trying to be creative with how we can put a deal together, that's one piece of it, right? But, but the other side of it is just being so objective that, hey, look, if this, if this doesn't work for you, then that's okay, right? I mean, we have to, we have to, be comfortable with the fact that the market is what it is, the real estate is what it is. I don't just drive down the street and magically buildings appear or become vacant, right? The, the conditions are what they are, but 
if we can, you know, use our best judgment discernment to identify the best opportunities, move forward on those, um, be creative in how we get through the obstacles and getting a deal put together, then sometimes it's down to look. I mean, if this isn't a good deal for you, then let's pass. You know, that there are always going to be more deals. Um, and let's try to figure it out. So I'd look for different signs like that and, and a broker to really make sure that that he does have your long-term interest in mind and that his that his goals really align with yours, right? Um, so yeah, I think that's a great, mm, that's good. great point. Okay, and the last point we want to talk about um, and what makes a good broker is just their negotiation abilities and the experience that they have. Yeah, right? so I think, I think this is really good. You know, I think, um, you know, I represent the younger version of what's out there from commercial real estate brokers, right? Um, and so, you know, I think a lot of times we, um, we're maybe looked on as like, oh, hey, you don't have the experience that somebody who's 60 years old, who's been in the business 30 years has. And, and so you just want to make sure based on the type of business you're in, <clears throat> the type of deal you're, you're doing that you have enough relevant experience, uh, you know, or that your broker has enough relevant experience that you're comfortable with, right? You know, I got into this one time a year ago with a guy I was working on a project on and, and uh, he'd been, he, I've been in the business 12 or 13 years. He's been in the business 35, 36 years. And, and so there was this, always this elephant in the room when it came to seniority even though I had brought the project and it was our client and, and one time it came up and, and, um, and, and I just, I looked at him and said to him, I said, look, I, I appreciate your experience. You know, for, I brought you into this project because he had a little different experience than I had. But the simple reality is because of the types of projects we work on and the types of projects he worked on, you know, even though my time in the business was only maybe a third of his, our average annual production was five or six times his, right? <laughs> so if you look at the total quantitative uh, amount of experience we have, we have negotiated equal or more deals, right? So so I think you just want to be comfortable with, um, with who you're talking to. Make sure that you trust that they've got the experience to navigate the situation. <clears throat> Similar to what you talked about before, that, that they have enough experience in the specific type of real estate transaction we're talking about. Um, to make sure that ultimately your client has the best outcome. Um, and, and a couple of good examples of that is, you know, we, we do a lot in the retail medical space, as you mentioned, and sometimes it happens that our clients will buy or take down a building, lease it, and then want to sell it, right? And as cool as it is to think, oh, man, the investment sales are the big commissions, I'm not the best guy to go list and market that, right? So we always offer to help our clients do that, but we always then bring in one of our national investment sale brokers because we want to make sure that objectively our client is getting the best outcome, not because Nate wants to make the best commission. So I'm going to, I'm going to make it so I'm the only one selling it. So you're not going to get as good of a price, but I'm going to get the whole commission, right? That's not, um, you know, we don't believe that's right. So you want to make sure that, you know, that, that whoever's helping you and whatever aspect they're helping you is really, uh, experienced appropriately to, to handle that. Yeah, yeah, and it really ties in a lot to what we we're talking about earlier, which is having, you know, that client familiarity. Um, but yeah, do take extra time to research who you're working with. You know, see how many deals they've done. Don't be scared to ask them how many deals they've done. Yeah. You know, and um, at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you and protect your business more so than 
helping out a friend, unfortunately. You know, there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But. Yeah, and I would just say, because once you kind of get over that hurdle, then then you know that, that you and your team are on the same page, right? There, there doesn't have to be this constant elephant in the room of, okay, do I trust what my broker's telling me? You know, am I sure, am I sure I should do this? Should I get a second opinion? You know, you just want to get, you want to bypass all of that because it's just not, it's simply not productive. Um, and you need to get back to doing the things that, that make you money. Yeah. Well, okay. Hopefully all this information was really helpful for you guys and um, you can go out and crush it. So we'll talk to you soon. If you need help finding the perfect location for your practice or you're ready to invest in commercial real estate, email us podcast at leadersre.com. That's podcast at leadersre, R-E as in realestate.com. Or go to leadersre.com and fill out our form. See you next time.